0: Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Kareem. I am your host, Kareem Sirajuddin. Dr. Zishan Tayyib joins me today. He's a colleague, a friend, and we, I wanted to have him on today because of this whole Corona scare that's happening everywhere. I figured, you know, let's let's get some questions asked to some people that know better than me. And uh, Dr. Zishan, thank you for making the time to, to show up today.
1: Absolutely, uh, Brother Kareem. I'm honored that you would actually have uh, thought about me to kind of help out with something like this, and uh, it'll be my honor to try to help out on a on a greater scale than what I'm doing here in, in the local community and uh, within my practice paradigm that I have here in Cincinnati, Ohio. What
0: what do we know, and what do we still not know about the coronavirus? I mean, is it something that we don't understand, like as far as you know what you know in the medical industry? Is it like a completely new thing, or is it actually a strain of existing viruses and you know, is it something that we are actually equipped, as far as a medical industry in the United States, to address in a timely fashion? What, what are your thoughts about that, and what can you tell us about the general kind of atmosphere or climate in the in the medical industry, to your knowledge?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question, Kareem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, it is uh, an existing virus, right? Or it's a there's like a spectrum of these viruses, right? Uh, and it is something that, uh, in a sense, has been around, but there's been you know a mutation. So back in uh, 2003, there was the SARS, the severe uh, acute respiratory syndrome, uh, and then there was also the MERS, which is the, the Mediterranean version of it. Uh, and now you have the COVID, uh, COVID 19. The virus is, is something that has been known, but it's there. There is a little nuance to it. So it's not that we, you know, we're completely blind to it, uh, but there are definitely nuances to it that definitely make a play a role with how we're supposed to be approaching or how we could approach this specific virus. So what we do know about it at this point is that uh, if you look at some of the recent statistics, you know, it's like over 114 uh, countries that are affected. There's like over 4,000 deaths. A couple months ago, people were talking about it on an epidemic level, but now we're looking at it as, you know, potentially a pandemic.
0: What's the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic in the medical sense?
1: Yeah, so an epidemic... It's basically something that's going to be a little bit more confined or localized. Uh, you could, you know, you could say that it's in, in one specific area. Pandemic is when it actually kind of crosses it crosses borders. It gets, uh, you know, different countries and so on. According to how, what I understand about it, is that this is a pandemic, uh, and and so definitely, and you can see with all the actions or the reactions of, you know, what's happening. It's not just here in the United States of America.
0: Right. So today is March fourteenth, by the way, two thousand twenty. And so this is why, for example, Trump, you know, made the decision to have no flights in and out of Europe. And I think recently, just today, it was applied also to the UK. So this is because it is a pandemic. We we still don't know how 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 many people have it in the U.S. We don't know how easily we're spreading it, but we are taking some of these preventatives. I mean, I'm always visiting the Center for Disease and Control website, and and you know they're they're making it sound like you know just basically it's as if it's a really bad cold going around now is that you know do you think they're they're kind of reducing the uh, impact of this virus or is that really the case from what you know like it's really just a cold and I guess the second part to that question is how come elderly people are more affected? Like, because I'm freaked out about my kids and, you know, what if they get sick? And what, how come it it, it's, it seems to be a higher risk for elderly people for death? So Kareem, I'll, I'll
1: back up for just one second, and kind of go through a couple of the basics on in terms of like how it's presenting, at least in stage one. So one of the key things to recognize on this one is that there is like a stage one, two and three. And I'll go into through a little bit of the science. And, you know, for those that are, you know, want to kind of geek out on some of the science, I'll mention just like a little few points on it. You know, some of the bare essentials to recognize is that, you know, you have a, anywhere from a two-day to a two-week, like incubation. Okay? And so in the, sometimes the stage one symptoms, which are half for a common cold, you could have like, a you know, fever, could be low grade, just depending on a person's uh, immune system, uh, you know, chills, night sweats, sore throat, uh, cough. Uh, plus or minus with the runny nose. That is one of the nuances, by the way, with this one is that you have more of a dry cough as opposed to a productive cough. And then the, the runny nose is, is minimal. And then you can get a little bit of shortness of breath along with this virus. Uh, but during that, uh, most, of the t- most of the people that are getting it, at least in that, that early phase, or it's, it's usually about two to four days and they start feeling like they just have a common cold. And that's how a lot of people are kind of feeling. The other thing to also know is that it is transmitted, you know, through uh, like respiratory or aerosol droplets. Um, It is a zoonotic, which means that it actually came from animals first and then it gets uh, transmitted to humans. So a human had to have been in contact with an animal uh, to have gotten it uh, in the first place. And then humans, uh, again, a type of animal, I guess, in a sense. And so they are able to then transmit it to one another. You have uh, if you sneeze or cough or you touch something, uh, this one typically will actually hang around a lot longer on other surfaces, even up to 24 hours, if not clean. Okay, and so that's one thing that kind of makes this one a little bit more interesting because a lot of the other ones may fall off in just a few hours. Uh, the other like viruses, this one happens to, you know, stick around a lot longer. And part of it has to do with its makeup. It's a glycoprotein, or the whole genome of this is actually uh, you know encompassed or enveloped in a glycoprotein, and and then there's a like a little smear of fat that kind of sits on top, and it it. And it actually gives this specific virus its interesting shape, right? And that's uh, and it has these little spikes sticking up, and that's why it was known as the, the coronavirus. That shape actually plays uh, a very interesting role because it allows it to attach to human the human cells. With this virus specifically, once it attaches, part of this genome in there is blocking out or masking itself from the, the the human's immune system and then another part of it is doing this viral replication okay so this is another nuance with the, the virus works hence that there's stage one and a stage two and a stage three in terms of its presentation okay so stage one if your body can handle it right in in a sense get rid of it you'll you'll in a sense be okay and you would have just thought it was a common cold Right. And if you never got tested, you would have never really known that you had it. Interestingly enough, with the way I guess a lot of us are, you know, maybe we're not always the healthiest anymore. just because of, you know, the kind of toxins that we're exposed to in our life. The ionizing radiation, the water that we drink, the air that we breathe, the type of lifestyles that we live. Right. Different levels of stress and so on. Right. Uh, we uh, we could get to what's known as like stage two, which is basically uh. 14, you know, between days 14 and 24, where this virus actually sits quietly, or uh, it's in its latent phase, where you could get a decrease in terms of its presentation or its symptoms. And at this point, it's accumulating in the lung, the virus then continues to replicate once again, based on a person's immune function, right? Now, we did say that this virus can hide, but can it hide forever, Right obviously right now we're saying that yet it can't hide forever because our people that in a sense that have had it are getting better or they're not dying. Okay. Then what can happen is that you could go to a stage three, right? And that's where you, at this point, because it was sitting there in the lungs, you can end up with like severe lung damage and that can manifest itself in many different ways. Now, again, on a, on a more, uh, scientific level here we're looking at you know what's known as a cytokine storm and that's basically your immune system sending out a ton of anti-inflammatory cells it's a way to try to combat you know what is taking place right right uh there's uh, this virus that's basically triggering off all of this inflammation and your body is basically just trying to drop bombs on it like right? it's so it's just sending out all of its fighting cells you cells your b cells and so you have this thing known as a cytokine storm and what this does is because there's so much stuff going on here in the lungs your your lungs in a sense now are you know kind of trying to fight the fight it's like a biological war war zone exactly exactly so there's a lot of you know you know a lot of you know stuff taking place over here and so what what can happen Uh, There's one of two things, right? So now you have stage three, which could be its mild form, where your body is able to, in a sense, handle this. You're you're healthy, you're taking antioxidants, you're doing these other things to kind of help clean out, in a sense, clean out the lung, right? And so about 85% of people may end up with, you know, maybe like a pneumonia or, you know, or something that, you know, or just some smaller like lung infection, essentially. And you're able to move on. There's a 15% of the population, okay, and this is to kind of go back to that original question, who, in a sense, are high-risk people or who should be concerned? It's people that don't have developed immune systems or are living lifestyles that could compromise their immune system. So, for the first part, it's basically, you know, children that are probably less than a year old that don't have developed immune systems, okay? And then you have uh, people that are, you know, living, you know, lifestyles, that we would normally not want to, you know, I guess, uh, in in a sense, we, we, these are lifestyles that we should be avoiding. Okay. So high sugar, you know, all of these toxins that works, uh, that, that I had aforementioned, uh, you know, you have, uh, people that drink alcohol, uh, you know, they're smokers and so on. Okay. Um, or uh, just even other health issues that are not necessarily managed appropriately. Right. And so then these people, okay, are susceptible to, having a a severe, you know, severe uh, stage three. Okay. And so between 40 and 60, that risk goes up. And then after 60, it goes up a lot more. And that has to do in a sense with quote unquote, normal aging process, because your immune system in a sense is not going to be as formidable as it would have been when you were in your, uh, in your healthy, uh, in your healthier, uh, times. So in this case, you could end up with like pneumonia, you could end up with like a pulmonary embolism or some form of thrombosis, which is like where, where your, your blood, your blood clots. Okay. Um, and so you could end up with heart attacks, strokes, or something even known as like multi organ failure. So this is, this is, and, and a lot of this just has to do with your body not being able to handle these high levels of inflammation, blood pressure and dropping. And that's where, you know, people start passing out and blood flow where it should be going is not going. Heart, kidneys, lungs. Obviously, if you're not getting blood flow to those areas, those areas are going to get compromised. Those are the reasons why those specific age groups are at risk and why lifestyle plays a huge role who in a sense is going to in a sense make it through this versus who's not
0: but right now statistically speaking so if i'm 30 years old and i have a really bad immune system because my lifestyle is garbage i don't exercise i eat junk i actually can have a higher risk just like an elderly person could based on what you shared
1: yes So, you know, people that are dealing with like, uh, you know, autoimmune diseases, people that are on, you know, a whole bunch of other, you know, different types of medications because of other uh, illnesses that, you know, that they currently have. People that are on steroids, you know, long term, uh, uh, people that have, uh, you know, had like maybe like a recent cancer or, you know, they're going through some type of uh, chemotherapy, chemotherapeutic regimen, you know, radiation therapy, things like that. Anything where the immune system has been compromised or can be compromised does put a person at higher risk for some type of uh, fatality. Or increase morbidity or mortality
0: so how about people let's say who have they take medicine for diabetes or blood thinners is, that doesn't fall into the same category because those don't necessarily uh, decrease your immune system let's say like chemotherapy or having um, cancerous uh, agents in your body is that accurate
1: partially so part of it is the medi- uh, part of it could be the medication but part of it could also be the disease process itself so uh, a diabetic, usually by default, usually it, it, that, that those types of individuals are already compromised to some degree. Um, and so those people are, you know, just by definition, already at higher risk anyway, uh, whether they're controlled or uncontrolled. Now, obviously, a controlled diabetic is going to be better off than an uncontrolled diabetic. The fact that you are diabetic, your immune system, in a sense, has already been compromised to some
0: level. So how worried do you, th- do you think we should be, Dr. Zishan? And, and your fellow doctor, colleagues, medical professionals, I mean, are, are, are you guys freaking out too? Like on that level? Or are you guys like, oh, man, the public is just like, like, is there a real reason you in your opinion that we should be wiping out grocery stores? People are stocking up like they're really freaking out. You know, I don't know if you you're seeing that in Cincinnati. But I mean, everything is just gone here. I went to go get milk today for my for my babies. And it's like there's literally only one gallon left. And we were lucky to get it, you know? So, I mean, what, what's your sense on all this? Do you think it's just the initial hype and fear that our animal instinct to want to survive and our fear of death and and lack of resources, this is just kind of that first wave? Or do you think this could be something like for the next six months where it's really hard to find toilet paper, hand sanitizer, basic groceries? What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah,
1: that's, that's another excellent question. You know, dealing with a lot of people. Everybody handles things in different ways, Kareem. And so my, my thought on this is that It would be probably unjust for me to, you know, put forth, you know, should you be worried? Should you not be worried? Because for some people, this is a huge concern. And this is not something that's just affecting, obviously, here, you know, we just labeled it as a pandemic. And, you know, it's not people that it's not just here locally. It's not just here in the United States of America, but this is affecting people worldwide. So I think there is a level of concern, right? There should, you know, and there is a level of worry, right? Or uh, there is a level of fear do I feel some of it has gone overboard? I do. I feel that in in being worried or fearful of, you know, what's to come, or all of these, you know, where people are in a sense being absolutely 120% consumed with not just the virus itself, but, you know, with what the next step should be, what ifs, what ifs, you know, and, and as Muslims, you know, we know that, you know, hey, everything happens for a reason. These are different trials and tribulations. These trials and tribulations could be opportunities then to come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it's on a physical or on a metaphysical level. You know, and it can serve as a reminder to kind of, you know, kind of ground us, right? We have the trust, you know, in Allah that if it's going to hit you, it's going to hit you. If it's going to miss you, it's going to miss you. You're going to get the risk that you're going to get. And if it's not meant for you, it's not going to come. You're going to go when you're going to go. And so a lot of that then kind of provides that consolation of, Okay, well, if I know that some of these things are already, in a sense, destined, then I can focus on what I need to do. Because when we're consumed with all of these other things, it also increases our stress levels, right? And what happens when your stress levels go up, right? You set yourself up for being immunocompromised. So, and then when you're immunocompromised, and then also those stress levels then lead to us wanting to, in a sense, go into these other uh, ways that we handle. Problems. Maybe we turn to sugar. Maybe we turn to you know overeating. Maybe we turn to alcohol. Maybe we turn back to like some of our other vices, smoking, or other that we may have, further compromising us. We're affecting ourselves, you know, physically and metaphysically.
0: So I, I'm hearing you say that number one, it's good to remember that existentially speaking you know it's a wake up call it's an alarm bell and and by Allah it is because many of us just think life is going to continue to be this you know stream of self indulgence and paying bills and what am i going to watch on netflix tonight and then like these things just all of a sudden strike us and they make us remember oh yeah I'm mortal. Life isn't perfect. The world is going to have challenges. There's going to be things that remind me that I am such a fragile, needy, dependent creature in the end of the day, and I'm not that powerful. I mean, a little virus can kill me. You know, not breathing for two minutes can kill me, you know? So it's like, I I think this is one of the points that you're making, and also that we have to be balanced. We don't want to completely. Uh, Neglect it and say oh whatever it's no big deal it's all conspiracy theory by you know Trump and his cronies for the stock market or whatever but and you don't want to be obsessively consumed by it where you forget that nothing will happen to you unless it's part of Allah's decree and so that can also give some uh, perhaps comfort in all of this so trying to again be in the middle of take precautions you know don't be neglectful be dutiful uh, stay clean alhamdulillah muslims you know many of us already pray and wash our hands and our face and our arms and everything five times a day so cleanliness has always been a part of our culture uh, but some people you know for example washing your hands when you eat and and, and before and after it was never part yes. of their life so Absolutely. those people for, for example they may need to really heighten that awareness of cleanliness and uh you know so i'm hearing you say we want to stay in the middle we want to focus on what we can do not what we can't do and we certainly don't want to get consumed with non-evidence-based uh, fears. Like this is uh, gonna be an Armageddon and it's gonna be, you know, one of the, like the movies, like 90% of the population is gonna get wiped out and, you know, it's just gonna be me and my cat. You know, it's like, well, Allahu A'lam, right? For all we know, this could slow things down for several months or a year. Uh, it could also uh, awaken us to some other beneficial things, you know, but, you know, that's that's really, I think, a good, good point there on, on recognizing the physical and metaphysical implications at once. They're not separate.
1: Yes. So, yeah, and, and just to kind of not necessarily recap, but just to kind of bring back to, to the forefront or to highlight, you know, the aspect of being worried or not being worried. You know, if you even look at uh, and like you said, you were looking at the CDC uh, recommendations and guidelines and so on. You know, obviously running a healthcare clinic or a couple of different healthcare clinics. Uh, we, you know, we, we do have that concern where, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, patients are taken care of, employees are taken care of. We have contingency plans and so on. But if you go and look uh, at at some of the handouts that have been made, all of those things that are being put forth on those handouts about, you know, washing your hands and, you know, plus or minus a mask and, you know, what you should be doing on the surface, uh, you know, like, you know, cleaning surface areas and so on, all of those different recommendations. So this is not necessarily like all specific to just COVID-19. These are just general basic guidelines. So it's always about going back to basics, you know, and the whole thing about a reminder, you know, uh, benefits the believer. You know, in this case for us, this is, you know, an opportunity of us to kind of go back to some of our basics, the kind of things that we should. You you alluded to, you know, you know, Muslims praying during, you know, during a day, you know, hopefully at least five times a day, uh, you know, where you go and wash up. It just kind of helps us to, in a sense, be grateful for that opportunity to know that this type of lifestyle you know, or the, you know, the faith that, you know, we have is, is a true gift. And that it gives us these, uh, this con- content, like, you know, kind of live within, you know, in, in terms of, you know, being clean, not just physically, but metaphysically as well. So I think that, yes, I think the worry is, is is valid to a point, right? It's just that whole concept of even that that dichotomous relationship that we have with our creator, you know, to kind of live between that hope and fear or actually more hope and being conscious right you know so you know when we say it the allah, or you know when we're you know talking about you know you know fear and allah it's being not necessarily being fearful but just more so of being conscious of allah right so having that consciousness and that hope we kind of live between that we should be kind of doing the same thing for the way that we're approaching this this virus
0: in other words disasters disasters or tests like this Remind us of the the very things we should always be conscious of, you know that li- life is life is impermanent. That we are meant to be creatures of honor and cleanliness. I mean, this is in every religion. Cleanliness is godliness, right? And also that self indulgence and perhaps the direction that some you know society societal trends are going is it's just all about me and fun and goodness and overeating and you know we 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 lose sight perhaps of these daily ethical, you know, cleansing rituals and practices, which also makes us distinct from other mammals and creatures on the planet. You know, the fact that we wear cologne and perfume and and take showers and, you know, obviously we we don't respect somebody that shows up to a a serious or professional engagement, you know, unkempt and and undone, right? That's that's also part of this. So it is something, uh, you know, that I've definitely been thinking a lot about in that way. And, you know, once I got past the fear of what about my coffee and peanut butter cups, you know, (laughs) I can't live without those, you know, then it was like, dude, wait a minute, Kareem, you know, this is like you got to really think about this because what if not necessarily what if this goes into a you know a crazy scary apocalyptic scenario but at least the reminder holds true regardless of how this goes right which is never get too comfortable and confident with your ghafla with your heedlessness and your forgetfulness i think that's a big point
1: that's yeah i would concur with that i would agree with that 120 percent
0: so based on what we should be doing dr zishan you know, you were saying the CDC's guidelines, like that's just by default, how to stay a clean human being and increase your immune system and protect yourself from germs and bacteria. So basically, all we're getting is the generic advice for any type of virus, whether it was Corona or Barona, or serona. that's probably what we what we would need to do anyways, right? It's like, guys, be clean, eat healthy, take care of yourselves biologically. And it's like, yeah, no duh. (laughs) So there isn't anything unique that we have to do at this time from based on what you
1: Correct. I mean, it, the, the only thing that, that, that's been proposed from a, from a unique standpoint to my understanding or to my knowledge at this point is that if there's, a, if there's a suspicion and you're somewhere between maybe that stage one and stage two, you could go and get tested. And the, and the testing can kind of vary. We don't know what the long term supply or the ramifications of having this virus today are going to be you know we know that you know back in the day when, when people got for example chickenpox right and then if you were immunocompromised later on in life maybe you ended up with like shingles right and that could be painful or non-painful and so uh you know so there there's this virus that just basically sat latent the herpes simplex virus and there there was some for some people there was uh consequences for some people they had more dire consequences for some people it never really manifested itself again but there was you know and this you know through uh, and just watching you know, history you know, over time or these like longitudinal studies and so on. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how, as this unfolds, what are going to be some of the long-term sequelae from this, right? And so that's the kind of stuff that today we don't know. Uh, but all we can do is, in a sense, live for today if we're given that opportunity. You know, they say that masks and things like that really don't benefit, right? If you yourself have it, yeah, put on a mask. There's not a lot of validity in terms of whether you know, a mask is really helpful in this case. In fact, most of the evidence points against it. Uh, If you are going to use something as a, you know, as a protective, there are like these different types of like respirators. There is like something known as an N95 respirator that you can kind of put on it. It helps, you know, it's, it's basically one of those like little air purifiers, but it's uh, for individual use as opposed to those purifiers that you have like in your home and, or things like that. Uh, But using hand sanitizers and and things like that. Those are things that we should be doing anyway, but probably take it to a different
0: level. There's none left, doctors. In there. <laughs> it's sold out everywhere, you know? But let me let me ask you this. So if I start seeing some of these symptoms of like having a cold, should I just stay home? Should I go to a, the ER? And isn't it true that most medical facilities in the country currently don't have the equipment or the means to do this test? Is that accurate or?
1: No, that, that is true, right? Um, and so there, there is a specific, like, you know, once you get to that, that stage two, you you could get like a, a a sensitive test done, which is like more like a C, like a CT scan or an X ray, uh, but there is like a, a PCR test, uh, polymerase chain reaction test. It's it's a test that's run to kind of. Test to see if you actually have that virus or not. So th- there are specific tests that can be done, but a lot of people are not necessarily, uh, or I should say a lot of places are not necessarily equipped to do all of that today.
0: So that's not even necessarily a step we would have to take. Like, oh, I think I might have it. And then you go to your local you know, hospital, and they're like, we don't actually know how to test for this here. So in that case, do we just stay home and like pound vitamin C and drink vitamin water? I mean, what, what should we do if we think we have, if it seems like we have some of those symptoms?
1: Yeah, so that's an excellent question. The people that have been quarantined, if you do a two-week quarantine, is that sufficient with a person that is maybe not necessarily in the best of states? You know, maybe an elderly individual with not the best immune system. No, right? You're going to probably need to have a quarantine actually for 30 days because if you're looking at stage one, which is only a few days, stage two, which kind of takes you through about three weeks, and then stage three, which goes on a little bit over Uh, over a month. a Quarantine, uh, that's, you know, where you're not necessarily, uh, in a sense, contagious, right? You might need to do, you know, 30 days. Um, I know some places are only doing like two weeks and things like that. And so that might not suffice. So yeah, staying home, you know, just not getting into close quarters and going in, you know, shaking hands and sneezing and coughing. And yeah, there's a ton of recommendations. And this is where like my background, like in, you know, the the biohacking world and wellness and things like that kind of come into play, because I have a massive list of things, you know, that some, some that are cost effective, and some that are not so cost effective, that you can do to basically, you know, you know, turn up your immune system, you know, a notch or two,
0: let's hear that list.
1: So a multivitamin, like a good pharmaceutical grade, multivitamin is probably very important, right? Because right now we don't want to take the chance of, you know, lack, lacking any type of micronutrients at this point. We want everything uh, optimized in our system. Uh, vitamin C, right, or, or absorbic acid. And there, not all of it's created equal, right? So there's, you know, there's pharmaceutical grade vitamin C. Recently, you now there's di- different uh, methods on how to deliver different nutrients into your system. And one form is uh, a liposomal, vehicle, which is basically using like little nano uh, fat particles uh, where you can put in certain nutrients and things like that and get it delivered into the system. And it's a more effective and efficient way of being able to do that. So just vitamin C or liposomal vitamin C, if you take liposomal vitamin C, you use lower n- lower numbers. But if you're taking vitamin C, just straight up vitamin C, even if it's something over the counter, you're probably gonna have to take you know several thousand uh, milligrams. If, if, you know, if you come down with this, I think from a preventative standpoint, you know, uh, you know, a thousand or so a day is probably uh, sufficient, plus or minus, depending on, a, you know, a person's uh, situation. I mean, uh, there is a, a pro-hormone, okay, DHEA, uh, you know, people call it like the stress hormone. Probably the important one here is cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And so having proper levels of DHEA uh, so that you can, you know, mount the response that you need uh, for given amounts of stress that your body is facing on multiple levels maybe at this point, um, as well as being able to then convert into different uh, hormones that you need because you need your other hormones in check to keep, keep yourself balanced. And that's usually one of the core core places uh, of where how your body is going to respond you know, to sleep, which you need a lot of during you know, these stressful times and things like that. Um, being able to heal, to respond to other uh, potential treatments and so on. So DHE is important. Uh, then curcumin, okay, uh, that's, you know, it's part of like a lot, you know, different people's like traditions and things like that. That's like turmeric um, and that's, you know, got several different benefits. Um, I can just do the list here so that I don't have to talk about each supplement here uh, individually, although I could if you really want me to. Uh, melatonin is also good because it's a powerful antioxidant. Um, and also again, like we had aforementioned sleep is going to be very important. So getting proper sleep, not just any type of sleep. So not taking a whole bunch of things, uh, like alcohol or whatnot, just to go and fall asleep, but to go to get what we call anabolic or productive sleep, uh, which is like your, your, uh, deep sleep, um, you know, stage three type sleep, and then your REM or rapid eye movement sleep, uh, which is, you know, what can actually help with other you know, cleaning out processes in your body. The deep sleep is what allows your body to uh, recover from, you know, different type of insults and, you know, your day-to-day activity and things like that. Uh, having a probiotic, a lot of your immune system, uh, you know, the, the majority of your immune system uh, resides in your gut, you know, and so keeping your gut healthy is, is very important. And so one of the basics uh, or basic fundamental things to kind of keep that going is, is having a, a good probiotic. Um, Oregano oil is another huge thing that uh, you don't have to take this consistently, but it's got, you know, antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral properties. Uh, it's, it's a huge, uh, you know, it's, it's in, in, some, in some people's books, it's stronger than, uh, you know, many antibiotics that are out there. And so uh, I know whenever I, I travel or I go somewhere, or, you know, high risk times and things like that, this is something, it's just another staple in my life. Um, there's a whole bunch of other adaptogenics that people can also, uh, you know, start taking adaptogenics are basically, uh, you know, things that, you know, if you need to get ramped up, they can ramp you up. And if you need to be ramped or, or, you know, kind of taken down a little bit, it, it can actually slow you down. So one that I really love is uh, ashwagandha they help with you know, stress levels and things like that. Uh, but there are many others, uh, you know, there's, there's Bacopa, you know, Monterey, there's, uh, rhodiola and so there's there's different ones but ashwagandha is definitely you know a, a really good one
0: are these things that i can find uh, at a local shop
1: yeah that first list you know the multivitamin vitamin c uh, you know kind of going to walmart and just going and picking it up off the shelf probably having it in some ways might be better than nothing uh but a lot of those things when you don't know where they're coming from you, know, you, you kind of question the purity of what these products are and so uh you know, then it's like, okay, well, was it really worth actually going and getting that? Is it really doing what it's supposed to be doing? Um, and so I would caution that. Um, but I, I think at this point, you know, it, it it comes from the standpoint that, okay, if I'm going to make an investment, I'm going to make an investment in something that's probably better for me, ra- uh, rather than maybe spending time or money on, you know, getting, uh, you know, the, the sweets, the sugar, all of the salts, and all those kind of things.
0: Got it. And how about things like honey and black seed from an Islamic perspective? Are those uh, useful?
1: Uh, those, those things are definitely huge, huge players, right? Um, and there's a lot of, I mean, if, if you look at some of those things, you know, they have a lot of the properties of what some of these uh, these other supplements actually have, right? Um, you know, that whole that whole in, inflama- inflammatory process that I was talking about, the whole cytokine storm and all that, there's different things, right? I mean, essentially what that is, is setting off free radicals, right? causes insult and injury than other surrounding tissue. And so that's where having these types of things in place gives your body an opportunity not just to fight it, but to also, so not just put out the fire, but help rebuild yourself back up again. So, you know, a couple other ones, you know, I was going to say that are really good. Uh, You know, you have glutathione, you have N-acetylcysteine. There's, you know, even now there's, uh, you know, these carbon infused or C60 MCT oils that are know really uh, amazing amazing products now and uh, you know this is like supposed to be something that's like 1700 times like stronger than like vitamin c you know having your proper macros you know so you know your proper intake of um you know healthy carbs um and fats you know which is an mct is just basically a medium chain triglyceride some of you know the healthiest forms of fats and then you know your uh, amino acids Right. If you don't have your uh, basic amino acids that are the, the building blocks for your proteins, you really don't have, you know, any any uh, your basics to be able to build yourself or your build your body back up again.
0: Yeah, it's like the it's like the cement of your of your building blocks biologically. Uh, you know, look into
1: the world of peptides. If it's coming. it's probably one of the newest things out in medicine right now that is going to probably it, it could be a, an absolute game changer for the future of medicine. I know that, you know, myself, like, you know, there's a couple of different peptides that I've started utilizing now, uh, that I was just taking for one purpose or another. And it's, and I feel like it's manifesting uh, a change on multiple levels, you know? And so when I think about this on a spiritual perspective, you know, you could do fasting with one intention, but you could gain <clears throat> 10 other benefits. You could start doing some form of liquor, one type of benefit and you could get 10 other benefits. And so, uh. I know that I had you know, specifically you know, purchased a couple specific peptides for the, the trip that I was about to embark on, going to Jordan, Jerusalem, and then Mecca and Medina. Uh, and now I just have it sitting here on the side, <laughs> but I might still take it. Um, but yeah, it was supposed to be something that was supposed to basically just up, up the ante and kind of take the immune system to a whole different level.
0: So do you have any websites that maybe we could um, look online to buy some of these really potent oils and and formulas that you shared with us? Do you have any recommendations for for the audience, Dr. Zishan?
1: That's Um, an excellent question. So I would say um, there's there's tons, right? Um, And so maybe the easiest place to start would just be my website.
0: Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have that website in the description of the show, ladies and gentlemen, please check it out. And uh, Dr. Zishan, just send it to text it to me so I can put it up. And uh, yeah, and thank you so much for your, uh, you know, your wonderful feedback and assurance and knowledge. Masha'Allah, it's always good to talk to you. Any other final comments or tips you'd like to leave the audience with, sir?
1: Maybe just kind of reiterating what you know, the, the two of us were, were you know, were, we're trying to put forth earlier is that see this as a trial or a tribulation, but more so as an opportunity. You know, Allah tests those whom he loves. You know, this is an opportunity for, even though a virus makes you think of something dirty, this could be a form of purification, you know? And so whether it's physically or metaphysically, I'm not trying to downplay that some people have really been hurt by this, or some people have gotten really sick, or that some people have even died from it. don't want to downplay any of that. But these are all things that, you know, these are signs or ayahs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is an opportunity for us to, you know, reflect, to turn back, and to kind of go back to a lot of our basics, right? Whether it's physically or metaphysically.
0: Right. And look, the bottom line is, death is the only fact we're all promised. So, you know, that's not going to be the surprise, right? Of like, oh, my God, somebody died. It's like, yeah, that's horrible. Uh, But it's actually something that everyone's going to go through, regardless of your socioeconomic racial, you know, backgrounds, right? It's like, that's just a fact of life. And, uh, and it's, it is a reminder that, you know, we're not going to be here forever. And things don't go your way. All the time. And life is more than just paying bills and enjoying your television shows and snacking and socializing and horsing around. It's like it's one of those wake up calls or alarm bells of like, wow, there is more to existence. And my existence is far more precious than perhaps our day to day pop culture life may sometimes suggest, perhaps.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, may Allah subhanahu wa taala protect all of us, uh, all our brothers and sisters, and humankind around the world, and heal us, and also, more importantly, help us gain the wisdom and lessons we are meant to take from this uh, alarm bell that nature is is uh, you know is setting for us, right? Because as Allah tells us in the earth, uh, Quran as well. All the corruption we see in the earth and in the seas is because of what we did, you know, and that includes pollution, that includes new viruses, that includes, you know, sexually transmitted diseases that, you know, stay forever. And and, and the statistics of all that stuff increasing, it has sometimes a lot to do with forgetting about the sacred and the sanitizing uh, key concepts that none of us should ever forget.
1: SubhanAllah SubhanAllah Absolutely Very well said
0: Dr. Zishan Always a pleasure sir I hope to uh, speak with you again soon And keep us in your dua And uh, if you have any extra peanut butter cups If you have any extra peanut butter cups You know Send them my way inshallah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely
0: (laughs) Thank you again Zishan